0: His right hand does uphold us. Today, the title of the sermon is The Reality of the Uncaused Cause, which is Jesus. He is the cause of all of creation, but in himself, he is uncaused because he always was, always is, and always will be, from eternity past to eternity future. One day a group of scientists got together and decided that man had come a long way and they no longer needed God. So they picked one scientist to go and tell him that they were done with him. And the scientist walked up to God and said, God, we've decided that we no longer need you. We're to the point that we can clone people and do many miraculous things ourselves. So why don't you just go on and get lost? And God listened very patiently and kindly to the man. And after the scientist was done talking, God said, very well, how about this? Let's say we have a man-making contest. To which the scientist replied, oh, that sounds great. But God added, now, we're going to do this just like I did back in the old days with Adam. And the scientist said, okay, sure, no problem. And he bent down and he grabbed himself a handful of dirt. And God stopped him and he looked at him and he said, no, 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 you get your own dirt. (laughs) <laughs> the gospel of john is what we're in we're starting a new sermon series and we're in the gospel of john the gospel of john was written between 80 90 and 100 scholars also believe that john wrote the three epistles in the book of revelation around the same time frame as he wrote the gospel according to dr j vernon mcgee and i quote john wrote at the request of the church which already had the three gospels matthew mark and luke and that they were being circulated, and they wanted something more spiritual and deep, something that would enable them to grow, end quote. And indeed, this gospel has been dubbed by many scholars throughout the history of the church as the spiritual gospel. In it, we find profound truths, deep meaning, and he sticks to the -the behind-the-scenes spiritual truths of who Jesus is and what he is about. Now, here's some interesting things that I came across in my study I wanted you to note. Matthew and Mark, they emphasize the miracles of Jesus, and Luke gives attention to the parables, but John does nothing of that sort. The miracles in John are given as signs and were chosen with a great deal of discrimination in order to interpret certain truths. For example, the discourse on the bread of life follows the feeding of the 5,000. There are 11 specific signs in the Gospel of John. Now, here's interesting, there are no parables in the fourth gospel. The word parable does occur only one time in John chapter 10, verse 6 in the King James Version. But it's not the regular Greek word and should not have been translated parable. You see, parable is Greek parabole, but in this instance, it's periomiae. This word ought not to be translated parable at all. The story of the Good Shepherd is not a parable. It is a discourse that's very illustrative. John chapter 1, verse 1. I'll be reading out of the New King James, and it writes, and it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Let's pray. As we pray today, just reach out your hand if you've got nobody next to you and pray for that person that God is sending. And so, Lord, we come before you and we say thank you for your word that through it we may be changed from grace to grace. Lord, we ask that you would bless the words of your gospel that we may understand in greater depth and in greater detail both spiritually and And mentally, and emotionally. Lord, we pray for those that are not here yet, but that you are calling. You said, "Pray," and you would send them. So we pray that you would send them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' mighty name, the strong Son of God, in the church said, "Amen." True Christians believe that Jesus is God, and the light of the world, and He and they are children of God through his sacrifice. True Christians believe that Jesus is God, he is the light of the world, and that they are child of God through his sacrifice. Number one, Jesus is not created, but is the uncaused cause of all things. Jesus is uncreated as the second in the trinity. John chapter 1, verse 1, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation this time, and it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In the beginning, that's the first part it starts with. In the beginning, the beginning of what? The beginning of all things, the beginning of this universe that we live in. The Word already existed, we're told, meaning Jesus already existed before the universe was created, before time and space even existed. Jesus was there. Not only that, but this states that Jesus was with God and was God. By the way, the Greek word that is used for that word that we translate as was is not something that happened in the past and then quit, but was there has with it a continualness. It was and continues to be. This does not mean that God has a beginning, but it means that the universe has a beginning. That the triune God has always existed and will always exist outside of time and outside of space. He has no beginning and no end. He is the uncaused cause of all things in the material and the spiritual universe. Hear me, hear me, hear me closely. God created all things. And without the second in the Trinity, nothing was created. The second in the Trinity is Jesus, because all things were created through him. God is the creator. Not evolution, and not theistic evolution. Theistic evolution, by the way, says that God used evolution to create. And I'm here to tell you, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. God directly created all things. And without Him, nothing that was created was created, we're told. There's evidence of this throughout the world that proves the account in Genesis. And I'm not going to belabor the point, but if you want to talk more about it, or if you'd like some materials about it, I've got those in my office and we can talk later. And then the Scripture says that Jesus, the Word, gave life to everything that is alive. If you're alive this morning... Thank God that you're alive and you're here. Because that life comes from God. His life, that is the word, brought light to everyone. And we know that Jesus is the light of the world. We know that because of the scripture here and because of scriptures later in the New Testament. John eight twelve says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you will have the light that leads to life. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Jesus is God, and he shines in the darkness he's called the light. You know what else it says there? And thank God for this. That light can never, ever be extinguished. You know, as humans, we constantly in our own mind want to bring God down or, or take away from the deity of Christ. We want to say that, that God will win, but, but it'll be hard for him. It'll be a struggle uh, between him and Satan And if you don't believe me, look at the movies that deal with the supernatural. It's always a struggle, some fight that they have to put up with. But let me tell you something. The devil and God are not on the same playing field. God is light. Does light struggle in the dark or does the dark just run away? Does it flee when the light is turned on? It retreats as it were. God is so much bigger than the enemy of our souls. Jesus is so much bigger and more powerful than we give him credit. Don't let anyone take away from the power of that statement that Jesus is the light of the world and that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Don't let anyone take away from how big of a statement that really is. You see, we've just kind of glossed over it as Christians and we shouldn't. Jesus is the light of the world, and it can never be extinguished. Some today will say that Jesus is the first thing to be created, and and then he in turn created us, but that's not right. To say that Jesus is a created being completely invalidates his deity, completely invalidates him as God. He is not a created being, but the being that did the creating. This is an essential of the Christian faith, To change this is to change the gospel. Don't fall for anyone that would tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone tell you that Jesus is some kind of created being. There are certain religions out there that will say, Jesus is Michael the archangel. He is not. He is the second in the Trinity. He is God. He is God from eternity past to eternity future. He is God from the infinite. We're finite. He is infinite. Galatians 1.8 tells us, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, than that what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And to say that Jesus is not God is to say that the gospel is not the gospel. It's heresy. Number two, Jesus is the light of the world and to not proclaim him as such is a sin, Christian. Jesus is the light of the world, and to not proclaim him as a sin. John 1, 6-11 says, There was a man sent from God, whose name was John, and this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Though everything we see was made through Jesus, everything and everyone in the world rejected Jesus. All nations rejected God. Adam and Eve rejected God when they ate of the knowledge of good and evil. We were all in Adam, and so we all have original sin, and all have rejected him. We've discussed that before in the past, just a couple of weeks ago. Romans 5.12 says this, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And later, after the flood, man was told to spread out and repopulate the earth. And what did man do? Did he listen to God? No. He rebelled and instead stayed in relatively one spot. And then they built the Tower of Babel in order to reach God. For their disobedience, God scattered them through the earth and confused their languages. And when Jesus came, he came to his own, the Jewish people later. But instead of receiving him wholeheartedly as a nation, they put him to death. But he didn't stay dead, he rose from the grave on the third day. So with all of these things in mind, we can see why God would send John the Baptist to proclaim that the light is in the world and on the way. He was sent to proclaim the light, to proclaim the coming of our Lord. Our job as Christians is not to proclaim that he's coming, but that he has come into the world and has brought peace between God and man through his sacrifice on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And of course, Jesus himself said in Matthew 28.18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are not John who prepared the way for the light, preaching the kingdom is at hand We are Christians who are to bear witness of the light, preaching the kingdom of heaven is here and ready to receive all those who are being saved into the kingdom. To not share the gospel, to not witness for Christ is a sin. We were told to go and make disciples. That was a command, not a suggestion. And to not do it is wrong. And James 4.17 says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Number three, the Christian is a child of God, not just a slave. Most of the time when you see the word in your Bible, servant, and it's referring to the Christian or or referring to somebody who follows God, that's a pretty poor translation. Most of the time it should have been translated as slave. That's just another tidbit of information I'll not charge you for. You can take that with you. Yeah. John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all believed in and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. To truly receive Christ requires the use of faith that Christ has given to us. We are not born again by our own will or of blood or works, but are born again by God. Ephesians two eight nine 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. A true born-again Christian is given the right to become a child of God. You see, a slave is a slave, but a child of God is much closer than a slave. A child has the right to know what the parents are doing. They are loved much more deeply than a slave is, if the slave is even loved at all. The born-again Christian is loved deeply as a child of God. That is your position in God's eyes if you are a born-again Christian. You are a child. Then we're told that Jesus, who is the Word, took upon himself flesh and he dwelt among us. What a statement. What a statement that is. That the God of the universe would condescend to our level and dwell amongst us, even die for our sins. When you truly think about it, it's going to blow your mind. Meditate on that just for a little while later this afternoon or whenever you have time. That the God of the universe would take upon flesh and dwell amongst us. Wow. John bore witness of his deity for he says that Jesus came after him but was before him. He bore witness that he is God. The law which brings forth death because no one can keep it perfectly was given through Moses but God's unfailing love and faithfulness comes through Jesus Christ through the new covenant made in his blood not by human hands or human will but by the will of God and by God's hands. We know that God the Father is spirit and no one has seen him except for Jesus. And Jesus makes the Father visible to us. His attributes, his purpose for our lives are shown in the God-man, Jesus Christ. For he is 100% God and 100% man. John ten twenty seven says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. John fourteen nine says, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Question. Are you today living as an honorable child of the Most High God? Believing the position that Christ has made you a part of, Are you showing others the way to Christ and showing them what a child of God actually looks like? Are you teaching others to hold to His commandments? Christianity isn't about rules and regulations alone, but about a relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship with God Himself. Is your life marked by that relationship? Do you know Him and spend time with Him? Question it. Have you ever been introduced to Jesus at all? You see, the true Christian believes that Jesus is God and that He is the light of the world and that they are a child of God through His sacrifice. This, to us, seems like such a basic concept to those of us that have been in the church for so long. But folks, this concept Changed the world some over 2,000 years ago. Changed it entirely. How dare we forget the power in that statement? How dare we forget the power of the basics that have been taught and preached this morning? That's power there. How dare we forget the admonition to share Christ? To him that knows to do good and does not do it to him. It is sin, James 4, 17. As the ladies come, let me ask you, where are you today? Christian, I'm going to ask you, where's your relationship? Oh, you come to church. you here on Sunday morning. That's great. That means you're hearing God's word. That means you're worshiping God. But what else are you doing? When's the last time you witnessed to God? Well, pastor, I don't go nowhere but to the doctor. Okay, witness to the doctor. He needs it. She needs it. My doctor's been witnessed to many, many times. Now, he don't always, he don't respond, but he's been witnessed to many times. People aren't going to always agree with you. And that's okay. Because Jesus said they need to be told, not necessarily that they're all going to agree with you. that's wonderful god is a good god but he works through us and if we're not if we're not doing what he's asked us to do what are we here for why are we here we may as well just been raptured already and taken up to heaven you see god could have written it in the skies forevermore jesus is the way believe in him but he chose to use us as his witness. How wonderful is that? What, what kind of an honor that is. And to not do it. Oh, that's difficult. That, that's hard. That's sinful. And if you've never met Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, whether you're here online, audio, you need to know him. Because a lot of this book, you're not going to understand, I'll tell you, if you're not saved. Because this is the spiritual gospel. You need Jesus, not just to understand the gospel. Not, not the gospel per se, but this book. But you need Jesus so that you don't, one, go to hell. Yes, hell is a real place. I hate to tell you that. Heaven's a real place too. Number two, he'll make your life a whole lot better. That doesn't mean you're not going to have a whole lot more problems. It doesn't mean you're not going to face issues. What it does mean is, is he'll be right there with you. What it does mean is, is that you'll get a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's a good peace. That's a good thing. You need a Savior. If you want to know Him as your personal Lord and Savior, you can say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, help me. And then, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. That's it. With the heart one believes and with the mouth one confesses that Jesus is Lord confession is made and you are saved how about you today where are you in one of those two camps as we stand and sing if you want a special prayer i'll be up here if you want to join this church by letter by statement or by baptism i'll be up here for that too as we stand and sing the invitation song grab that hymn book turn to page 320